Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Friday, January the 6th, 2023. As always, I give God thanks for you. I truly do for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, the people, places, and things that God has divinely connected you to for such a time as this. Glory be to God. We are celebrating Thanking God that it is Friday and it is the first Friday of this new year. What an awesome blessing it is to be able to see 2023 and the first Friday of this year. Um, One of the things that we're going to do, um, as we've always done, is on Fridays, I try to give you a word of encouragement, something to um, for you to meditate on. As you go throughout your weekend, some of you won't listen until Saturday or Sunday, which is perfectly fine. But this is just something, a word of encouragement, something in which you are going to do some self-reflection in terms of your relationship with God. That's that's just kind of how we've done prayers for your day on Fridays. And so we're going to continue in that vein until the Lord um, says something different. So what I want you to think about is a passage, um, or not a passage, but a saying that we've heard often. And and it's not how you start as much as it is how you finish, right? It's not how you start a thing, but it's how you finish. And so as I kind of wrote that down this morning and, and was journaling and thinking about that, I thought about New Year's, right? Every new year, people are setting new goals. They're revisiting things that they didn't get to last year, right? Whether it's weight loss, whether it's a closer relationship with God, whether it's spending more time with family or friends, a financial freedom, you know, cancellation of debt, right? Business plans. There's all these new, you know, new year, year people say new year, new me. So it's all these different missions and visions and plans that are going forth this month, fasting and praying and All of these different things. And I want to tell you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? Because this is what, this is what we've been told to do, right? When it's, when it's something new, set goals. When it's something new, you know, establish some plans, write it down. We even use scripture, write the vision, make it plain. We do all of these things. And I hate to say this, but as packed as the gyms are right now, I guarantee you, 90 days from now, they won't be as full. Uh, Six months from now, it'll even decrease more than that. By the end of the year, you might see it pick up again because people are like, okay, I'm going to start now and then I'm really going to go full throttle, you know, in 2024. Um, But nonetheless, it's not so much as how we start, but it's how we finish. You know, people will start at the gym, eating right, doing all these things. And then by the summer, not only have they not lost weight, but they gained weight. You know, we've got these business plans. People are even calling consultants. Hey, can you help me write this business plan? Again, the scripture, write the vision, make it plain, only to find out in December that Uh, they can't even find the business plan that they wrote in January because they did absolutely nothing with it, right? Because life happens, things happen, things get put aside. And um, sometimes we just lose 
um, we lose our vigor, right? We lose our excitement. So it's not so much as how we start as much as it is how we finish, right? That's what I want you to uh, meditate on. And then the scripture that comes from that, I wrote it down, is blessed is the man who endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love them. Then the other scripture is for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. But the one who endures to the end, to the end will be saved. So what does all that mean? What does all that have to do with your word of encouragement or your word of meditation and reflection for this weekend. Well, it is the story of Balaam, right? And I really didn't know about Balaam, but as I had stated before, I'm reading the 23rd chapter of each book. That's how I'm starting my day. But of course, that's that's not enough. So then I got to read a couple of chapters before and I got to read a couple of chapters after. Then I'm starting Googling different things. Um, but in that piece, right, I found the story fascinating in the sense that Balaam, right? When I, when I started reading about Balaam um, in chapter 22, I, I liked Balaam. I was like, man, look at him. He, he turned his life around and he's doing, you know, these great things. And he's only speaking what the Lord told him to, to speak. And he's not cursing um, the the Israelites like Balak, who is the king, um, who was the king of the Moabites. He's not cursing them um, like Balak wanted him to. But instead, he's, you know, he's still in a way and he's spending time with God. And I was like, OK, I'm like really becoming like a Balaam fan. Right. I'm like, man, I like him. Like there's so much not to mention the first oracle that Balaam gives in Numbers chapter 22 is one of my favorite like verses. I'm sorry, it's not 22, it's 23, which is again, which is one of the reasons why I had to go back and start at 22 to read more about Balaam is the fact that Balaam out of Numbers chapter 23, verse number 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, then he's, it's going to, it's going to happen. Um, but the scripture from the life application Bible reads is God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless, to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. So as I'm reading that, I'm like, yes, Balaam. Yes. I'm writing down. I'm reflecting. I'm like, I like Balaam. But then as I continue to read more about Balaam, I'm like, oh my goodness. Balaam is not who I thought he was, right? Now, Balaam had started out, right? And it tells us in Numbers chapter 22. Now, go back and read at Numbers chapter 22 because I tell you, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a reverend. I'm a woman who loves God. I'm just a woman who loves God. And I really, really love him. And so 
I'm here to share my love for Christ. I'm here to share my love for the word of God and to pull out those things that sometimes aren't always pulled out over the pulpit. That's why the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved because we can't count on another person to, um, to build our relationship, to cultivate our relationship with Christ. Now people can introduce us to Christ, but then it's up to us to cultivate that relationship. It's up to us to meet with him and talk to him and learn more of him and allow him to pour into us right? That's the reciprocal piece of our relationship with God. But anyway, in Numbers 22, uh, Balaam doesn't start out with the right spirit. We know that he has the spirit of divination because Balak, the king of the Moabites, sends his people. And it says the elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee for divination. So we know that Balaam operates, right, with the gift in which he knows things and hears things and sees things that are true, but out of the wrong spirit. That's why it is important for us that as we meet people, as we interact with people, that we pray without ceasing, that we ask God and pray. And I've prayed for us often that God increase our level of discernment, the spirit of discernment so that we can discern who is for us and who is against us. Now, sometimes God may hide those things from us for whatever reason. And because the Bible says in the New Testament, how when the woman ran to meet, I believe it was Elijah in the field to tell him that her son was dead. He said, truly, the Lord had kept this from me. And Elijah was a prophet. So we know that God doesn't reveal everything to his prophets because the Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. So... Balaam was operating out of a different spirit. So as the Moabites go to him and they say to him, hey, uh, Balak, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, wants you to come back and basically curse the Israelites because he's scared of them. And Balak even sent the word to tell Balaam, for I know that those you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed. But he told them, hey, go get him and have him come back and curse the Israelites because I can see them. They're strong and I don't want them to basically come over here messing with us. And so as they come, Balaam had enough sense to even know, however, that I need to consult the Lord. See, that's how when we the Bible says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Here we know he's operating from the spirit of divination, but yet there's a pull on him still to seek the Lord. So as he goes to God and I love this, he tells them, I will bring you back the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite princes stayed with him. Then it said, God came to Balaam and asked, who are these men with you? So when we set in our heart to go and seek God, what I love about this is that God is going to meet us right where we are. Even though Balaam didn't necessarily have the right spirit, God was still willing to meet Balaam where he was, spiritually where he was. Don't you just love God to know that no matter right where we are, we serve a God, a loving God that will meet us right 
where we are. You could have just, you know, did something horrendous, but yet if you have purpose in your heart, I'm going to go meet with God. I want you to know God's going to meet you right where you are. And so God gives Balaam the word in that you can't go with them because you can't put a curse on somebody that I blessed. So when you know you are blessed, and, and you feel like there's somebody out there trying to do something to you or put their mouth on you, know that they cannot curse what God has blessed. That's why you have to know whose you are and whose you are, period. So then when all that happens, right? So he goes back and basically he's like, mm, I can't come, go back to your country. The Lord has told me I can't come. I can't do what you're asking me to do. So like good soldiers, they go back. They tell Balak, right? Balak is like, hold up, wait a minute. I need you to go back to him again. So now I'm like, he's Balak, he is so scary of the Israelites. He's not accepting no. So now I'm going to send even more powerful people, right? Because sometimes people think that because certain people have a title, that's going to get you to do certain things. Like you're supposed to be shook because you know that, that this person is connected to this person or this person has this certain type of status. But when you have God on your side, truly you can say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? That there be more with you than be with them, regardless who them is. So they go back, he, he rounds up, you know, some, some higher level people. And he says, go to, go to Balak and tell him that I'm going to give him silver and gold. Like I'm going to basically hook him up. I've got some rewards. I've got some things from him. So when they go back, right? Because Balaam really in his heart wants what they have to offer because God had already told you don't go, right? He told you that the first time, but just like us, what do we do when God says no, We keep going back and asking. We keep going back. God, is this really you telling me no? God, is this really you telling me I can't do this? God, is this really you? We do that. We just do, right? So Balaam does exactly that. He goes and he says to them, now stay here tonight as the other did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. Like, okay, God, what else you got to say? So that night, God came to Balaam and said, since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but only do what I tell you. See, sometimes even though God will say no, he'll like, okay, because you're probably not going to stop. The person that's trying to to get you or entice you into doing something, they're probably not going to stop. So I'm going to allow you to do this, but I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to instruct you on how to go about it. So they go, Balaam gets on the donkey and this is where the donkey speaks back to Balaam because the angel of the Lord is trying to stand in the pathway of Balaam. All right. It says Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. 
So why God was angry, it doesn't really say. Um, But nonetheless, it says that God was angry. And so God was going to oppose him. So God put up some roadblocks, three roadblocks in Balaam's way, trying to get Balaam's attention. (laughs) Doesn't that sound so much like God? How when we do things, he will put up roadblocks. But what do we do? We just keep going. What did Balaam do? He was beating his donkey. He was literally beating his donkey, angry at his donkey. Like, how dare you go off the road? How dare you just stop, right? How dare you rub my body up against the wall and and cause some friction on my leg? How dare you? And then the donkey, because the donkey sees the angel, but Balaam, right, he's now, he's on his way. So he's not really even paying attention. That's why we have to be in tune with the spirit. That's why we have to spend time with God so that we are aware. I say this often. God is always talking, but all we are, we always listening. Sometimes we don't want to hear what God has to say. And so we just like Balaam start getting mad at everybody and everything else saying it's the devil when sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's the angel of the Lord putting those roadblocks in front of you because he knows what's ahead of you. He knows what is going to stop you from receiving the crown of life. But because we want what we want, then we don't even see the roadblocks or we go around the roadblocks, right? And still to get to our destination. And so, um, and I'm going to be a little bit longer than I like to be because this is just good, y'all. And so he puts up these roadblocks. And so then, then the donkey speaks. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. God is the one that declared our end from the beginning. He knows how it's going to turn out. He knows how that relationship that he told you from the beginning, don't get into, but you had to get into it anyway, right? So then God says, okay, maybe I want you, you can get into it. And I I want you to just be a friend to this person. But instead you start getting more and more involved and then it turns into something else. And then God says to you, look, I know how this is going to turn out. So I'm going to put up these roadblocks. But what do you do? You you deter. We come up with excuses. We come up with reasons. Until God just says your path is a reckless one. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared her. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So again, sometimes God will give us a pass, but he will set up these roadblocks only to remind us, look, I'm going to let you do this, but you must only do it this way. 
I'm going to let you do this, but but you got to keep my commandments. I'm going to let you do this, but don't let greed get in the way. I'm going to let you do this, but I need you to seek me in prayer before you make decisions. I'm going to let you do this, but don't forget about me once you get on the mountaintop. So he said, I'm going to let you do this, but the condition, because God's will comes with conditions, right? Salvation is free, but it's going to cost you something. The Bible says that every man must take up his cross. Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So guess what? Balaam goes on with the men. He tells Balak from the jump. But can I just say anything? I must speak only what God puts in my mouth. And so originally, when you read chapter 23, that's exactly what Balaam does. He only speaks what the Lord puts into his mouth. In his first oracle, he says, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? Balak wasn't happy with that. He said, in fact, I got you here because I'm telling you to curse these folks. And you telling me you can't curse them because God has blessed them. Then in the second oracle comes my favorite favorite, favorite scripture. One of my favorite scriptures. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If it's, if he said it, then it shall come to pass in the life application Bible. That was just me. But in the life, in the life application Bible, it says verbatim, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. I want you to know that even if someone is against you, even if someone is trying to drag your name through the mud, make you seem and appear like everything but a child of God, know that if the hand of God is on your life, baby, you have nothing to worry about. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? If God be for you, who can be against you? And so Balaam goes on to share all these different oracles, a total of seven. And I'm like, man, I like Balaam. He turned his life around like Balaam. You know, he just I like him. Right. We see he started off shady. We knew his heart was a little he was double minded. Right. But then we knew, right, he started, man, Numbers Numbers chapter 23, seven oracles. He's just speaking, blessing, blessing the people of Israel, right? Putting Balak pretty much in his place. I love it. I'm like, yes, I'm all about this, right? Go, Balaam. I'm a Balaam fan. And it's 23 and 24, right? He gives the oracles. Um, But then we learned... That Balaam, I want to say it's in chapter 31, that Balaam then 
because he knows he can't say anything that God has not told him to say. And so what he does, he gets the Moabites to entice the the Israelites. And I'm going to read this verse here. Where is it? I should have underlined it. It says that, I believe it's verse 31. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, guys, I should have had this written down. But but Balaam basically entices the, um, the children, I mean, entices the, the Midianites to cause the Israelites to be seduced, right, um, into, into sin. And so... As we first read about Balaam, we think that he is just, you know, he, he it's almost like, yes, right? That's how he started. He started with this, with this piece of like, yes, like I said, I'm a Balaam fan. He, he's doing, you know, he he's speaking these things and, you know, he's doing right by, you know, God's people and, you know, all of these things. He is saying totally true to his word. But in reality, he switches up on us. And because he couldn't get get them to do what it is that he, he couldn't go against what God told him. And so what he did, he caused the people to be enticed into sin. And so as much as I liked Balaam at first, I lost respect for Balaam and Balaam is even referred to in the New Testament in terms of how greed takes over because he still wanted what Balak said. He still wanted the reward. He was still greedy and he is referred to, you can Google it because I did. He he is referred to in the New Testament of, um, I want to say they said the doctrine of Balaam and they even compared Balaam to Judas, right? In terms of starting out one way, but not quite finishing the way that you started allowing outside factors and influence to, to play a part into your relationship with God to play a part into what God originally told you to do. Um, the, you know, no longer chasing after the heart of God, but the heart of the world. You know, the Bible says a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But if we can endure temptation, when we are tried, when we are tried with Money, when we are tried with fame, when we are tried with um, lust, when we are tried with all of these things, because we will be tried. Jesus was tried. And if we're no better than him, which we are not in no way, shape or form, then we will be tried through temptation. But it says that when we can endure temptation, When we are tried, we will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised. Wow. So 
that's the story of Balaam. So as you go throughout your weekend and you reflect on this word and as you read the word, read the word, go back, read how Balaam fell off, how he got the the Moabites to entice the children of Israel into sin. They followed his advice. That's what the Bible says. They follow his advice. And so even though he didn't encourage them, he, he had advised them in a way to get God's people to fall into sin. We have to be careful. We have to be careful of the influence that we have with other people. I don't want any blood on my hands for anybody. So that is our word of encouragement. You might say, well, that didn't encourage me, but it's real. It's the word of God and the word of God is truth. We don't always have to like it, but it's true. And if we live by it, right? The best way that we can, God working with us, right? Because we can't do this by ourselves. We can't live this life by ourselves. God has to work with us. We need him to work with us, right? So that when we endure, we can receive the crown of life and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Remember, it's not so much as how you start, but it's going to be how you finish. Love you all. Have an awesome weekend. Bye-bye.